Give me five minutes. The podcast with Scars and Elijah. You are in an open conversation zone. There is no tapping out once you've tapped in. Eli examinations, hood stories, nightmares for critics. And if you're that passionate, we'll bring you on and you can have five minutes. And then decent, half decent money. Um, took a go out to New York and then from New York we went to Miami. Mm-mm. We had an argument, so I sent her back home early. And I flew out another girl from Atlanta, Georgia to Miami where I was. How much did you spend? In 10 days, over 10k. <laughs> and don't forget, don't forget I've done, I done, I done all of this, which is okay to spend 10k in 10 days. Yes, that's okay if you're... And that's only if you earn 100k a month. Then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Back again, another episode of the Give Me Five Minutes podcast. It's me, Eli, and I'm back again with my gracious host, co-host, Scars. Scars, what's going on, bro? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. I'm, I'm alive. I'm still, I'm still kicking. Alive and well, and it's all good. And it's all good. I want to introduce a special guest that we've got today. Hey, 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 wait, listen, uh, Mick. Listen, wait, wait. Make sure when we're introducing this guest, you have to you need to put some some sprinkles and a bit more bit more vim. Look, yeah, like the word went out, you know, like we had Femi on the show a few weeks back. Thanks, Femi. He said, "Look, he knows this one person." I said, "Nah, no way, you're lying, bro. There's no way that you know this guy." He said, "No, I know him." Like I said, "What?" I said, "Okay, I've been watching his videos for the longest." He stopped posting them though, but I was like, "Look." Tell him to stop posting back again because I loved every single one of them. But no, I want to introduce um, the very special guest that we've got in today, O'Hara Davis. Give it a round of applause. That's... <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. What's going on, bro? You good? Um, yeah, I'm all good. Same old, same old. Um, went to gym this morning, so got a bit of free time. Yeah, like we got... Yeah, do the podcast. That's it, man. We got you in between training sessions, man. See, that's the dedication, man. That's, that's the dedication. Me. Like, take man out of the training, man. You know what I mean? And and come in and stuff like that, man. So yeah, like, uh, definitely. Thanks for your time and stuff, man. Uh, anytime. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I just want to just crack straight into it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Howard Davis, like, um, like I said earlier, been watching your. Uh, well, I knew you from before. Obviously, from 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 the boxing, but it wasn't until I started watching your YouTube videos that I actually, obviously, got to understand who you are and like your story and stuff like that. And um, your message was different, you know. Like I know it was tailored for boxers, but I felt like a lot of the stuff that you were saying on the videos was was very very relatable to life. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest. So um, just want to just ask and just touch on that. Like, what was the reason t- to actually start the YouTube channel? And what was the mission for it? The YouTube channel, I feel like in my boxing career, what I've done, like, publicly has been to sell myself. Um, I've had to sell myself to the fans so that I can generate interest to my fights because that's how I earn. That's how I get paid. A TV broadcaster is not going to have me fighting on their show if I don't sell. So I've had to act, so I've so I have had to act a certain way. Mm. I've had to act even ignorant at times, a bit arrogant at times because that's what sells, controversy sells. But mm. on my YouTube page, I wanted to be authentically me. I wanted to let everyone know the thought process behind certain things I've done, why I've done that, why I said certain things. And also, I wanted to give the fans 
and other up and coming fighters um, a greater understanding because I've had to I've I've had to go through certain obstacles during my boxing career and I wasn't told how to handle certain things mm. and I wanted to give other up and coming fighters that information on how to handle certain things. Mm-hmm. Why would you think? I mean, in this day and age, that the information isn't readily available out there to people that want to get into the fight game? Because the information's not available because managers, promoters, coaches, they don't want you to have this information because when you have this information, you're more now, you know, like you're now more independent. You mm. don't need them as much. You understand their role. You understand how much they should earn, how much, like, okay, cool. How much money should I give this? boxing manager how much money should i give my coach what should i do this what should i do that they don't want to give you this information so that they can tell you what to do because you don't know and then by the time when you actually find out you've been played (laughs) yeah so they would rather you have to learn by your mistakes where i would rather teach them through my mistakes that i've made and through what i've seen and i've understood about the game so that's why this information isn't really there because um those guys on top don't really want it out there. Yeah, no, no, like that's a, that's understandable. There, I mean, I feel like because um, I know like you were saying um, in your videos is that there's a perception out there that because, and this is why I believe that it relates a lot to life, is that because someone boxed on ITV or Sky Sports or BT Sport, automatically people think okay, they must have money now. You know, I saw that person last week. You know, the money must be there. And um, people can, or people may be forced to play into a role to actually portray that type of lifestyle, but they're not really living it. And I feel like you were one of the um, first people that I saw, like, really touching on that. Yeah, because, um, you know, another thing that I've seen is that I was fighting on world title undercards and getting paid 2k 2.5k mm. fighting on big old world titles undercard where just because this main guy is getting paid 6 or 7 million mm. doesn't mean I'm getting paid 6 or, six or 7 thousand pound even Wow! and this is like the misconception that fans have fans they see you are oh, he fought on the Asia undercard he must have a bit of money he fought on this card he must have money he's on he's on a Sky Sports article he's on a, a newspaper he must have this much money and because they treat you like you've got money a lot of mm athletes and a lot of guys in boxing particularly try to live out other people's perception of them and trying to live that out you've played yourself um what just because i'm I'm gonna let you know in in this episode i on the boxing side i'm not as knowledgeable Mm -hmm. so like for instance what's the what's an undercard an undercard is um so basically if there's a main event let's say tyson fury versus anthony joshua Mm. that's the main event the undercard is each fight that fights below them. It's like a warm up to the main event. It's like okay. it's like you're having a meal. You know, you get, you know, what I mean, like you have a few warm up snacks first, and then you have your meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. Okay. Okay. So, like, because, like you said, like, say Tyson Fury, AJ, like they're getting their millions. Mm-hmm. So clearly anyone so the perception is anyone that's fighting on their undercard fighting before them on the night of the fight they're getting a couple million obviously like that must be how much that these people are getting because that's people's okay if they're if they're making this much then the money should trickle down but like you're saying that it's not equal of course it's not equal boxing's not an equal game 
in boxing, nothing's equal. Boxing is a doggy dog world, and um, then you got to learn the game and play by the rules. One thing that you mentioned earlier there is that you know it's the it's the B for the controversy that people do. Um, well, I guess like well you well you can tell everyone like is it necessary to have that beef or to have that drama in the build up to a fight? One hundred percent because that's what sells a fight. If boxing fans was a bunch of people that are into Greenpeace, then maybe not. <laughs> But boxing fans are not people that are into Greenpeace. These guys are, a lot of them are in a pub every day. Like they f- fight each other. Mm. They're internet trolls and they come online and they troll people. These people, they like violence. They like blood. They like sweat. Mm. They like someone getting hurt. They like seeing someone on the floor. These are the kind of people that are into boxing. So if I'm trying to appeal to the person that's involved in the, in that Greenpeace stuff, I'm going to be out there fucking picking up leaves off the floor and picking up rubbish off the floor, then that would appeal to them. Mm. But boxing fans are into that kind of stuff. Mm. They want blood, drama, mercy, um, yeah, blood, drama, controversy, someone on the floor crying for help, someone knocked out. That's what they want. And um, I'm, just a, I'm just a distributor of what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Giving people what they want. Like, I mean, even for things like, um, say like you've come from training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and like what you were saying off air is that like you're going to go back to training after this, mm-hmm. um, that you train twice a day and stuff. And you were just saying to me and Scars is that look like you going to the gym and training is, is your job. You know, like this is your work. Just like someone will go to an office and put in the hours, you're there um, training and stuff like that there. Why would it be that or you see a lot of people sometimes or a lot of fighters, sometimes they get to a certain level and then they kind of go off the boil. Is that, is that linked to training or is that linked to outside influences? So someone gets a title fight or they get like a lot of money or so on and so forth. Like, like why would somebody not want to come into work anymore? If that's their day job, you know, that happened to me. Like after, after this way, I can speak from experience mm. after I fought Derry Matthews, I didn't get paid a hell of a lot of money for the fight. I got paid okay, but it's the most I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Five times what I've seen in my life. And it wasn't even lots because I've been poor my whole life. So when I was getting paid 2K, 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 and now I'm, I'm seeing over 10K, I'm like, hell yeah. Mm. I thought I was caked. I had enough to go get myself an Audi A5. Um, mm. You know, I got the blue tick on Instagram. Mm. Like People see me outside and I'm the man. People see me in the streets and they want pictures. That was enough. People are like, OD, OD, you're the man. Like, come on. Like, and I thought to myself, I like this life now. I only got into boxing because I didn't really like life. I was an angry person, didn't have much, and I was hungry. So now when you see an over 10K in a bank, mate, your thirst has been quenched for a bit and your hunger's been filled for quite a bit. So you just want to enjoy life. Now life is good. Now, now I'm getting female attention. Mm. Now people know me, I'm the man. So the motivation for training gradually went went down and um i had to i had to lose a fight and stuff and go through stuff to for me to shake my head and realize you need to get back in the game you need to get back in the gym would you say like was there a point where you felt like you was content uh with what you had at the time like let's say when the money was coming in the attention was coming in after i fought Derry matthews 
I thought I was content. But after that, I've never been content since. Mm-hmm. And I can have more. I've got more now than I had back then. And I'm still I'm still not content. I wake up and I honestly feel like I've got nothing. Because back then, I compared myself to myself in the past. Mm. Then I've got everything. But now I compare myself to other people above me. Compare myself to guys like Jeff... What's his name? Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't even got a penny compared to that guy. Mm, I'm yeah. comparing myself to guys that are on a bigger scale now, guys that are, are on like different levels. And when you compare yourself to them, then you realize I might have a lot compared to myself 10 years ago, but compared to these other guys, I've got nothing. Keep on working. Scars in this. This is the Give Me Five Minutes podcast with Eli and myself, Scars. I was going to yes. ask that um, yes. during those times, like you mentioned the. Uh, Derry Matthews fight mm-hmm. like was there anybody around you to kind of pull your coat and be like hey O'Hara you know like what's going on um I've got two brothers there my me and my brothers are quite close me and my family are really close I think that they saw my lifestyle change and stuff but I've always felt like they wanted me to learn from my own mistakes and you know I feel like that's the best thing ever because I've made certain mistakes that they saw me making and they allowed me to make but if I didn't make those mistakes then on a small scale, I would have made them on a larger scale mm. and there would have been a lot more damage. So I feel like people saw the mistakes, but people might have said one or two things here, but they just ultimately allowed me to make my mistakes because they knew that I was going to learn from them and I have learned from them. And the mistakes I made back then, I won't be making in the future. Are you kind of, are you, are you happy or is it a bit frustrating that you made the mistakes in the first place or... Was it was it just necessary? It's I had to see it as it was a part of my journey. You know, I look back. If I if I sometimes I think to myself, if I turn time back now, I would change certain things. But I try to not think about that because I'm happy with where I'm at now. And the mistakes that I made didn't mark the end of my boxing career because I'm still fighting to this day. I'm in the best place ever. I'm the golden contract king. Mm. Um, you know, I'm in a I'm in a good place now in my boxing career. So. It didn't affect me to the point of the death of my boxing career. So, you know, still life at the end of the tunnel. So just trying to look at all the positives. For me, um, just, you know, what I tried to do, again, you know, I wasn't the most clued up just in, I'm not a sports person in in that realm. Obviously, I looked up like, you know, your interviews or just fights or whatever. But just as a small encapsulation for, again, anyone who's listening who kind of, maybe they know a bit about you, but they don't, just kind of like, have like where you're from, like, you know, where you grew up. and I am um, grew up in Hackney. I'm from, I'm from Hackney. Okay. Went to school in Hackney. Ended up in foster care for a few years in my youth. Came back to mums, me and my brothers, my sister. Um, I got involved in in a bit of the gang life, you know, been arrested, nearly went in jail, class A drugs, GBH. They were trying to do me for attempted murder at one point. What time of your life is this? <sighs> the, those kind of years? When I was like 14. Okay. I started when I was like 14 years old. Um, started hanging around the wrong people, smoking weed, selling weed. Um, yeah, just all of that stuff really. And then um, I got into boxer one day in a youth club. I was about 18, just before my 19th birthday. Um, I was in a youth club and I started boxing and since then I've never looked back. I'm still doing it to this day. In a way, because I always, I always, I like to pinpoint those moments. Like kind of what, what do you think led you to even 
whether it was the day you went to that boxing ring or that train, that what what made you make that change, that transition? Um, first time actually, because they had a um, it was in a youth club. They had a boxing coach that used to come by because they get funding from the government, so they got to do certain activities. So they got a boxing coach in doing boxing every Wednesday. The first week he was there, I was like, nah, man, boxing ain't my thing. I didn't even go. Mm-hmm. I never went there. Everyone else went there. There was about thirty to forty people in there, all with gloves on. Punching each other, I was like, nah, man, forget boxing, it's long. And then the next week, someone said to me, just go, just go, you, know, you might like it. I went there every Wednesday since then. Every single Wednesday I was then, I was there. And then the other people that was going there went down from 30 to 25 to 20 to 15 to 10 until it was just me there. And, um, you know, they couldn't afford him no more. So he stopped working there. He took my number and um, he took me to the actual boxing gym. Mm. And, um, he made sure I was in that gym every day. Do you feel like, could like, uh, whenever I hear that, like, I don't know, like, I've always believed that, like, say you, if someone's young, especially a male, you know, and like they're on the streets or they're doing something like that, doing something like a sport, especially a combat sport, can normally lead them in in a good path because that's where, like, you know, a lot of anger and frustration, but it's but it's but it's um it's structured. It's not just wild, like, oh, whatever, you know. Um, and obviously, like, I mean, you may tell me this as well, Harry. if you think that you're, like, the real bad man on the streets, like, I mean, I'm sure one, the day you received your first left hook, you're like, okay, I've got a lot to learn here. <laughs> 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 kind of a thing, you know, like, you, you kind of want to go back, you want to put your energy into something, and, but it's just that the only options that are in front of you are bad options, but this is a good option. 100%. I feel like the hood is full of untapped potential because mm. the hood is full of people like me that um that are good at something but they just haven't found it um you can't like in school you learn math english and science not everyone's good at science maths and it maths and english mm. i wasn't good at learning about macbeth and what then what is other things called <laughs> all, <laughs> all, all, all <laughs> like the romans yeah Shakespeare, romans and like i don't really care about the ozone layer and this layer and that layer and this earth and the clouds, like that's not me, mm. and I feel like people and my and I feel, I feel like I was judged by the people in school by my academic credentials and my ability to take in all of that academic inf- information. Mm. But only once I left school, I got kicked out of my school, and then I found something that I can do. That's when I was like, maybe I'm not thick. Maybe I just wasn't into all these things that I learned in school. But mm. I'm good at something. It's just not these things and. That's when all my teachers see me now on the streets, like, yeah, all you guys thought I was going to be a bum. Now I'm doing better than all you guys. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Not no, in an arrogant way, but yeah. in a, you've got to learn from your mistake now. Your mistake was judging me based on my abilities and maths, English and science. You know Now what? I'm doing something better than you. <laughs> this That's so key, you said that. So funny enough, last week, Elijah told me about this BBC show called Small Acts. Mm. And how, um, I, I, I can't remember that it was the last episode. And basically, Small Axe was, I think it was, it was based on the black British history and like all different things that have happened over time. So one of those last episodes was the one about a young boy named Kingsley. And he was going to a, a mainstream secondary school, but he could he was intelligent, but he couldn't read. read. Or like, let's say he would know words, he will speak, he can do everything, but he literally could not read. But again, he's got other skills. Cut long short, 
the school sent him to some supposed special school, you know? And even the mum's like, okay, yeah, fine, no problem. Until someone in the community actually looked into it and said, hold up, look at the name of this school. It's actually saying um, uh, school for subnormal children. And these kids that go here, they actually are failing them. Like, by the time they leave, they're not going to have good qualifications. They'll only have jobs that don't involve intelligence. And this is in the pamphlet that they give to the parents. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So the point I'm trying to make is, in the end, they, they classified that boy incorrectly. You know? His mom was like, you did, first of all, you didn't even tell me about anything. You just put him in this school. I just said, I just accepted because I'm, I'm busy with work and everything else. And the idea is, when you go to school, sometimes that conventional way of learning isn't, for everyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like, but, but you get judged by it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Fully. So oh. I can imagine if they're saying to you, oh yeah, um, you know, you, you can't learn this, you can't do that. But then if they would have known what you had become now, I'm sure they would have had a class <laughs> <laughs> to, even, to even say, oh yeah, let's, let's, you know, influence the mind. Exactly. I feel like they need to bring in more subjects. Mine might not be math, English or science, but I can box. There's another person who might be good at Music, why don't you learn, why don't you teach drums or maybe someone mm. that's into golf? Mm. He won't know until he tries, might be someone into tennis. He won't know until he, until he, until he goes out there and then tries these things. So they need to bring more opportunities into the schools, in the ghetto and stop judging everyone based on their academic credentials because a lot of us are not into math, English or, and, and, and all science, but we can entertain fans by fighting in front of 18,000 people at the O2. Yeah. That sounds a bit better to my ears. Yeah, no. And <laughs> I feel like, especially with boxing, you know, like this is a one-on-one. Like I always remember Floyd Mayweather, he always said like, your coach can't fight for you. Like your fans can't fight for you. It takes a lot to actually step into a ring and fight somebody. Mm. You know, like that's why a lot of people wouldn't want to do it. But like whenever I see a boxer, fighter, I'm always just like, hmm, there's, there's something that they've tapped into mentally for them to even step into the ring like first of all no matter how much they're getting paid because there's no guarantee they're gonna walk out of that ring you know what that's a that's a that's a good good, good like little segue what is that feeling like when you know you're about you're going you're making your way to the boxing ring they're playing your music the fans you've been training for this fight like what's that what's that moment like for me like every fighter that experience is all different for every different fighter. I've seen fighters go in there and they're like excited, happy, singing the song and they're laughing and they're, and these guys got no nerves. I'm like, damn, this guy's different to me. Like, <laughs> me personally, um, I feel nothing. I feel right. nothing. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm not hot. I'm not cold. I'm just neutral. All I know is what I've learned. I'm like a... I'm like a machine. I do what I've learned in the gym. My mission is to go in there and destroy. Like before a hitman goes out and does a job, I don't see him laughing about and stuff. He's not hot. He's not cold. He's not happy. He's not sad. Any emotion hinders you. Any emotion. You're too happy. You're too sad. It make you careless in some way, shape or form. So what works for me is just to be neutral. It's like when you look at me in a ring, I'm always neutral. Never happy. Never sad. I'm like poker faced because I feel... I feel nothing. And then when the fight's done and I can get the, and I can have a burger, that's when you see the smile on my face. <laughs> Do you feel people are, is that something that can be trained? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think you have to learn it through experience because I can say that and then you can go on a ring and your emotions will be totally different to mine. Mm. So I feel like it's something that's this 
it's just either in you or you learn through experience through having your fights that you've had i've had over 20 fights now so i've learned i've learned how to do it a lot better over the years that i've had my fights and also it's about something that also has to be in you born in you some things you can't teach yeah no 100 percent. like i believe that I, I believe that i mean i feel that just going back to what you were saying about school and education and stuff like that. I mean, that takes a lot. Like, like that's like mental warfare. I feel like even going into the ring and stuff like that. You know, that could really help some young people. You know, like you want to prepare them for going into the real world and stuff like that. You know, you're gonna have to st- step out into this world single. You know, like and really face stuff like that. Like, like similar to when you're fighting in in the ring and and you got all of the eyes on you and you want to relieve that pressure. Like, I feel that that should really be taught as well because how do you handle your emotions? You know, because when you go out into the real world, if you can't handle your emotions, boy, well, you're going to be a mess, isn't it? Like life's going to get you pretty quickly. You need to be able to, does that, I think the question is, does that trickle down into your personal life? I think more than what helps you in a ring, mentally, that, um, like, that can be taken into life is what's learned in a gym. In a ring, yeah, you're fighting in front of many different people, thousands of like, People in the TV's there, you're getting paid for it. Either way, you're leaving there more known. But in the gym, you're working by yourself. There ain't no eyes on you. You ain't getting paid for it. You're in the gym free of charge. You're working for a goal that no one can see but you and your coach. How many people believe in you? Not that many people, really. It's you and your coach. And you're working behind closed doors. That's what really like, like gets you ready for the real world. Before you have your first fight as a pro before you're known and you're still grafting away with a goal that no one can see. There ain't nothing like that. And that's what gets you ready for the real world. Not getting ready to fight in front of 18,000 people at the O2 night. No, when you get ready to fight in front of 10 people mm. as an amateur boxer, mm. that's where it's at. That's, mm. what, that's what gets you ready for the real world. Mm. No, I fully understand what, what, what you're saying there. And I guess, yes, in life as well, it's, it's what you do in the dark, isn't it, that comes to light. So, hundred mm. percent. Like as an amateur boxer, like as you're in the gym and you and then you're in a ring with someone sparring and you get knocked down or you get a good left hook mm. and you go home and you sit down by yourself. You think, damn, I took man, I got my ass whooped this morning. What am I gonna do to make sure that I come back next week and then I do better? And there ain't no one advising you. There ain't no one thinking, oh, let me support you. Like, no, support is not offered to you until you're on a big scale. So in that moment, you have to be there for yourself, supporting yourself, holding up yourself. But I feel that's a life skill anyway, like self-evaluation. That's I I don't feel enough people do that in in their day-to-day. Like what you're saying, actually sit down and say, you know what, this happened to me. It's not what I wanted. What am I going to do next time that is going to be better? How can I better myself in this situation? Instead of just complaining about it or just going with the flow with it, you're like, how can I actually improve myself? Mm-hmm. I feel that's even that in itself is a skill um, that like a lot of people can really take from that. I guess as a, as a boxer, you really need to have that. And am I right in saying that as a boxer as well, you need to be willing to listen but, 100%. but of course, be careful who you listen to because not everyone that gives you advice is 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 is, is it really going to help you? I guess hundred percent, definitely. And I realized as an amateur boxer, before I turned pro, I do that. It don't matter what field I get into in life, I'm going to be successful. 
I knew I was an amateur boxer. I said, listen, I can quit boxing now, go into darts, and I'll be successful. I'll quit boxing, I'll go into golf, mm. and I'll become successful. And I, I still believe that to this day. I, I can be successful in whatever field I'm in because boxing, free amateur boxing, I've got the blueprint. Work hard, hard work, dedication. That is the only blueprint. I feel like, and I feel like there are so many lazy people out there in the world. I can go into their field and then I can overtake them because they're looking for an easy route or these people are not, are not willing to work hard, are not like ready to work hard. But I've got the secret, I've got the blueprint. And even though I say it, people they will hear it, but they won't really believe it. So therefore I can go into their field and I can overtake them in about six months as long as I work a lot harder than what they've worked. Um, that's what I've learned from boxing. I guess in boxing as well, um, just like normal in life is all that, someone's always trying to take your spot. You know, what you've worked hard for, someone's trying to take that away in like one swing, if they can. Exactly. And that's another lesson. Only the fittest survive. Mm. There ain't no sympathy. Five minutes oh, you've been knocked down, but you've been knocked out, but it's okay. You'll get the same opportunity next week. Like, no, nah, in boxing, you get knocked down, you're back at square one. In life, I feel like life makes you feel, oh, it's okay to lose. It's okay. As long as it's the taking part that matters. In the Olympic Games, the only one that gets gold is the person that wins. The loser doesn't get gold. So how I see things in life, it's not about becoming second place. It's not about taking part. It's not about trying. It's about winning. And if you don't win, try your best to win. If you try your best to win, you might lose the first three, four, five, but you'll win the sixth one and the second one and the seventh one. You keep going. One of the things that <clears throat> I wanted to touch on is um, like, you know, on your videos and stuff like you talk about a lot of the mistakes that you've made mm. along the way and how money can be spent. I mean, on on your last video, you were talking about like Tom Ford glasses and how mm. much you've spent on that and everything like that. Um, just for the people listening, because for me, like I was saying this for Scars and I even said it on our last show last week is that I don't know, like re recently I've kind of s switched like who I really listen to online and stuff like that. Like I really want to hear people's stories and I also want to hear people's mistakes because I don't really feel like it's good when people come out into like this social media world and they're giving advice or they're telling people what, what to do, but they are quote unquote the, the perfect human being. They've made zero mistakes, but they're out here giving advice and stuff like that. Like what were some of the traps that you fell into like as you got to the journey that you are now and then we'll touch on where you where you actually are now. Oh, some of the mistakes, I've made many mistakes. <clears throat> a lot of my mistakes started after Derry Matthews because mm. that's when I started earning decent, half decent money. Um, took a go out to New York and then from New York we went to Miami. Mm -mm. We had an argument so I sent them back home early <laughs> and I flew out another girl from Atlanta, Georgia to Miami where I was. How much did you spend? In 10 days, over 10K. <laughs> and don't forget don't forget I've done I've done, I done all of this which is okay to spend 10k in 10 days yes that's okay if you're and that's only if you earn 100k a month then mm -hmm. that's okay Yeah. Mm -hmm. not when you fight one fight which you probably won't get again for quite some time that was a very dumb choice that I made and I come back to England and I was still living at mum's house mm -hmm. come on like come on like, it sounds all good on Instagram yeah mm. I'm, I'm in New York I'm in Miami and people think yeah he's living the life yeah I'm coming to back to mum's house Mm. But that's the thing You know like That's what I believe People People would still want to do that Yeah they still want to do that For meaning, the gram Yeah just for show Just to, just to almost say they have And just to appear To have that look It's like Someone I feel like now Is moving into a phase where 
It's like the money's becoming so minimal. Like a person would rather be online or appear to be rich than actually be wealthy. That's because influencers are not influencing properly. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I feel like if the actual influencers gave out the right message, people might think a lot more. But a lot of influencers now, they live in a certain life that people that watch them, people that idolize them, try to live the lifestyle that they live. And the influencers are not telling them their own journey and the smart moves that they had to make. They're just showing them all the flashy stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. So other people seeing that thinking, you know what? I need that. I need to live that lifestyle. So they're not being smart. I feel like people are sheep. People do what they see and they do what they see their idols do. So the influencers are influencing the wrong way. And if they influence the right way, if if they started telling other people, be smart, think. It's not about driving the best car. It's not about having the best house. It's about being smart, saving money. It's about living below your means. We need that message to be mm. pushed out. Not the message of be flashed and buy glasses and watches and this crap. is the Give Me Five Minutes podcast. podcast. When did the penny drop for you? When will, when did you wake up that morning and say, you know what, this I've had enough of this. Like I'm I'm making a change from now. Um, I didn't. I think for me it was a gradual process for me. Mm. Um, I've always wanted my favorite car, which is the BMW i8. You know, the mm. ones where the door goes up like <laughs> yeah. a Lambo. It's my favorite car to this day. It's still mm. my favorite car, mm. and I really want the car. Um, but um, I remember I was at Mum's house in the bedroom. I phoned someone. I made a phone call about getting a car. I wanted to lease the car for about a month or so before I actually buy the car, just so I can see it was a, it was a nice drive. Mm. And my brother was in the room next door and he heard me. And then he said to me, so you're going to buy this car and you're going to park it outside of mum's house, yeah? Up in the roads, up in Hackney. Like, do you, like if, you park it up in, if you park it up in the main roads, up in Hackney, how long do you think that this car is going to last for? How long, like, till it gets robbed, until it gets broken into? Like, he said, if you want this car, that's fine, but get your own house or flat and then you park it in your own driveway but don't live at mum's house and then park that nice car on the main road so that's when I thought okay cool so my so then my brother said to me if you want to get a flat we can go house on a flat if you want I was like sweet we own house on a flat and then I then I thought yes get the flat then I'm gonna get the car but then after getting a flat I realized wait <laughs> with the money I can use to get that car can get another flat mm. and then rent out this flat so now instead of spending money, I'm now making money with my money. And I thought, it's a no-brainer. Mm. And then I done it, and then we done it, and then it was like, damn, this can actually be your business now. I don't want at first the goal was to get one, now I was to get two. Now I'm looking now I want 15, 20. Mm. Like now that car doesn't even come into my mind no more. Because now what I'm watching and the people that influence me are not people that are showing that flashy lifestyle. People that influence me, like the videos that I watch all day. I'm listening to investors. Investors are my idols now. Investors are my idols. Wealthy people that speak about how they got their wealth. They're my idols. If I spend all my days looking at Floyd, mate, both of these flats that I've got now, they'll both be on sale. And I have a watch that I can't afford right now. Because I always think, so now, you see like if you're talking to a, I don't know, a potential young boxer or someone who's like you, how can you, how can you actually stop yourself from falling into these pits? When it's so like, so much it's pressure. so damning. Yeah, like it's just, it just to me, even even just being young, not even just being a boxer, just being young. How do you remove yourself from all these alluring things? And it's really hard because a lot of these things it depends on where you're from. Like someone brought up in back in the palace ain't gonna fall into that trap. Why? Because they've been around money their whole life and their mm. dads and mums are rich. They're cake. So once they get 
5k to fight they've really seen 5k before because they live a good life anyway but mm. when you're from where i'm from when you had anything in the bank I, my first fight under match team i got two and a half k the way that i looked at that cash profit when i saw the little comma and the two and a zero 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 i was caked like to me that was more than a million pounds me seeing that 2k mm. but to someone else that might be from somewhere a bit like a bit wealthier mm. to them that 2k is nothing so it depends on where you're from and the lifestyle that you've lived, if you live the poor lifestyle like I've lived, it's going to be a struggle for you. It's going to be a fight for you. But you've got to be smart. And I don't know how to tell anyone to be smart because the only way is just to not be a sheep. But I can say don't be a sheep. But if you're a sheep, you're a sheep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't change it. It just depends on the person. But many people are not smart. If, many people, if more people were smart, there'll be less shops running. There'll be less businesses out there because... There'll be not enough workers. You know what? I I, I always say <laughs> this though. I I feel like um you got smart and then there's wise because I believe a lot of people, or, or at least they think they're smart. You know, they have like I associate being smart with this speedy wit wittiness. But whereas I feel people, are, I don't know, not being wise enough. You know, like instead of you to make a decision that's like, you know, more of a long term. I feel like when you're being smart, you're just thinking, okay, cool. Add this, add that, get this, done. Well, like are, you, are you saying that, like, if we take a Harvard example of the IA, being smart would be like, the uh, finances, 600 pounds a month. That means I have to earn this amount of money and then budget for, for, for life and make sure that I've got enough to pay my bills and stuff like that. Mm. That's being smart. But being wise is like, that money that I'm going to spend on the finance can get me another flat. And then I can use that money to get another flat, another flat. Yeah, because you're think you're think you're actually even without you thinking, you know, like how you said, oh, when you did it the first time, it's experience teaches lesson. You're even what <laughs> you didn't even want the want of what you wanted. You just mm -hmm. see the value of like, oh wow, I've generated more money. Like, why would I not do that? Like, yeah. I would be stupid to 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 do to do the other thing. Mm -hmm. So I just I just see it as like a um I don't know me personally. I just feel because a lot of people just have this thing about being smart and quick-witted. And some people are smart. They, they they can pass loads of tests right now, but they're not wise. They don't, instead of you to just relax your 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 quickness and speediness, it's just this impulse of now, now. I need it now, 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 now. Nothing's long-term, like nothing, nothing. Anything that involves three years, ugh, I don't want to do it. Like I want it now. So I, I just basically saying to say, I still think people think they're smart. Even if they, they, I don't know, they don't. I mean, like you may not be able to teach a young person, like because everyone's situation is different, but you can at least lead by example. Mm. So if they see you and they're like, oh, you know, um, you know, like there's always, it goes back to what we were saying, like, you know, Gucci Mane and uh, Young Jeezy and, and, and Gucci Mane, when they were clashing was like, oh, I've got all these chains on and stuff like that. And then, and then Jeezy was like, yeah, but I own half of Atlanta. Yeah. You know, like you got all the chains, but I own <laughs> half of Atlanta. It's like anyone listening to it will be like, well, I'd rather own half of Atlanta than have the biggest diamond on my neck mm. kind of a thing. So, But if you see the comments, uh, that's that's where it comes back to what you're saying. It's just like priorities. Some people were like, well, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> look at him with his real estate. Well, he ain't got the bangers that Gucci's got. Well, what would you prefer? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I've, got, I've got property, I've got money, but okay, you've got more hits than me. Also, being smart, like giving people your understanding on how to be financially smart doesn't sell. 
A lot of these influencers, mm. they're not here to, they're not here to make other people rich. They're here to sell. They're here to make money. So if I come on a podcast and I start selling people about investing, how much money is that? Like, it's just like through that, I can't earn anything. If I tell you how to be wise and save, I can't, I can't earn anything. But then if I say, you know what, I'm going to release a pair of trainers. I can make you buy that. I can influence you to go and spend your money and mm. then buy that. That makes me money. Mm. So a lot of these influencers, they don't really want to educate other people because they're not earning from educating other people. Uh, it works in our best interest to have them as sheep because then eventually they can start working for us one day. But if you're smart and you invest in, and then you don't need me, then I'm not going to earn from you. And I don't want that. So I want to earn. So therefore I'm going to keep you blind, keep you dumb, stupid. So you can work for me one day. That is all, That is another reason why influencers don't really want to give out their um, their wisdom. Yeah, like influencers not giving out their wisdom. I feel, um, yeah, like what's the agenda of this of this influencer? Like, what are they influencing? Isn't it? You know, like, 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 what are they influencing? And you're right. Sometimes telling someone to invest their money and wait ten years to watch it grow that is not necessarily the most sexy thing to be talking yeah, about. It's, it's not, not the appealing. most appealing. Mm. You know what I mean? However, we're all going to grow up one day. We're all going to get old one day and you're all going to be 50, 60, 70, you know, and then you're going to look back and be like, oh my days, I really should have listened because, you know, I still have to work, mm. you know, or I haven't, I haven't invested anything like that. You know, then they see O'Hara driving the IA. They're like, oh, my days, like you're, dri- you're finally driving the IA. And he's like, yeah, well, it took me 10 years. Then I'm like, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it took like 10 years and stuff like that. Is that, is that. is that what you would say you're on now, like the property game now? Is that, is that you or? Yeah, I feel like it's a new passion of mine. It's a new passion of mine. I've only been learning about it for about two years, two and a half years, three years probably. I've only learned about it, but I'm like almost obsessed with it. I love watching videos about it, learning about it. Not only about properties, I like learning about banks, interest rates. And, you know, I've 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 been I sit there watching videos about what interest actually is. You're mm. paying the bank for them to loan you money and you're spending money that you haven't got yet. So you're spending all of your future paychecks mm. before you even got the future paychecks. It's really being spent. Mm-hmm. And like now I look back and I'm like, when I got my car, I've got the biggest like finance option available when i got this watch i got the biggest finance option available mm. so like yeah so like people see me driving a, like the car when i first got the car brand new audi a5 people think oh Audi's making money i didn't pay for the car the bank paid for it mm. but yet you think i'm caked because well you see me having a certain Perception, watch and yeah. you think i paid for it the bank paid for it i'm just paying them back with the money that i haven't earned yet mm. and if i don't earn that money then they're going to take back what was actually theirs in the first place because they paid for it. Mm. Uh, it uh, when you break it down like that, that's when it's like, should you really be getting things on finance? The only finances that should be got are, fi- are, are the finances that can make you money. If I can't loan another person that car and then pay me for the car, that's a bad investment because as soon as I drive it, its value goes down anyway. Mm. It's that, that is, if that is a depreciating asset, Mm. But people when when people want to impress their girls and guys and like yeah that's why people do it. Yeah, buy these liabilities. Yeah, so I've been mm. learning I've been learning about all of that stuff. So that's been like my passion over the past few months. And as time goes on, I'm watching more videos about that, more and more videos. So I like talking about that those things. There, I think it's a new passion of mine that I've just realized. Mm. How how are you? 
how are you around people? So if you're around someone that's spending money or something like that, like, do you mention anything or are you just like, you know what, like they're on their own journey? Or? Yeah, they're on their own journey. If you go broke, you go broke. That's, like, that's on you. Like, you know what I'm about. Everyone knows what I'm about. And when people see me, like, they know what I do. If you're spending your dough, like, stupidly, like, that's up to you. I'm not going to stop anyone. Like, that's, like, that's your mistake. Because then <laughs> if I tell you, if I tell you, try to be smart and then you invest into the wrong thing and then you go broke, I'm not taking that blame. So uh. I will give you advice if you come and ask me. I'll tell you what I would do if I was you. But you know what? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the way, really. You know what? Has In the boxing industry, has that happened? Has someone given you advice that you, you actually, and time has proven that, no, that was actually wrong? No, I've never taken anyone's advice, to be honest, in boxing. I've always done what I wanted to do. Oh wow! I've always done. I've never ever taken anyone's advice. Managers, coaches, promoters. Um, I take people's advice on board, but then whether I follow it is something else. But there's no one been. There's there's never been anyone that can tell me, "Oh, do you do this?" And I'm like, "Yes," because I'm not. I'm I'm not a sheep. Mm. Like you have to weigh it up first. Yeah, you have to see if it works for you first. Exactly. Yeah, and everything. How about like in the boxing? Have you given advice? So like. You know what I mean? Or has someone asked you for your advice? Yeah, many times. I still get fighters all the time today. Like, a lot of fighters phone me, ask me to advise what they've been offered, what they should do, who they should sign with, the best option. And I advise a few fighters. Many fighters, actually. Many fighters phone me up all the time, asking me different, like, questions and stuff. And, I mean, my advice is free. I feel no way giving them advice because... When I give my advice to other fighters, I'm making them smart. And the only people that I'm taking money from are the people that run the system. And it's in my interest to make their lives a lot harder. Just like they've tried to make my life a lot harder. Mm. <laughs> this is the Give Me Five Minutes podcast. Going back as well, I mean, in terms of like the fighting, I remember I watched one of your videos and it was talking about how you were saying that as soon as you've, as soon as you do this one fight, I think it was with um, Ahmed Ibrahim, like you were like, oh, you mentioned uh, the second that the fight is over, you're going to go out and look for another house with the purse money and stuff like that. Mm. Is that how you look at when it comes down to to uh, fighting and boxing? Like, to me now, cash is for investing because like when you look at, like, anytime I look at myself now and I look at the average everyday working man, I'm not earning more, more than what the average everyday working man makes. And even though I could fight, I could make 100K in a fight. I'm still not earning as much as what the average day, average everyday working man makes only because my boxing career is so short. I've turned pro at 22. I'll probably be done by the time I'm 32. So let's say 10 years. Mm. Let's say in that 10 years, a fighter makes, let's say he makes 800K. Mm. That average everyday working man started working when he was 18 years old and he's going to be working until he's like 50 years old. Mm. So if you add those years together... That guy is actually gonna be so yeah, like so this guy actually made more from work than what you earn in your in like in like your whole boxing career. So I'm not earning more than them. I'm just getting paid in chunks. <clears throat> and I've got to be smart now because I'm not gonna be earning that though for the rest of my life. I I'm earning that though until I'm thirty two years old, then boxing's done. Where's the next paycheck? Where's the next paycheck? So I'm just getting paid in bulks. So but if I'm smart, I can invest that bulk right and I ain't got to work as hard if I do work I could work part time or do whatever I want so um, yeah that's the goal now like now when I get paid I'm thinking about investing what can I buy what can I invest in how can I make this dough make me more dough because money in a bank 
goes down in value because of inflation. So a thousand pound ten years ago, it's not a thousand pound now. So I don't want to keep all that dough in the bank. If yeah. the banks all go bust, after my research, if if the banks all go bust, they are legally allowed to take some of my dough and leave me with a certain amount. So you could have a hundred k in the bank one day, and then tomorrow the system shuts down and you got fifty k in the bank. They've taken your dough, and like you're never going to get that back. So why not use that cash to buy assets? And if and then if this whole thing goes down, they can't take your assets. But like they can take your cash. That goes down in value anyway. So anytime I fight now, like nowadays, I'm thinking, okay, cool. With this fight purse, what can I buy? Bitcoin, stocks, shares, property, or just save it and wait till the next fight. There's always a goal. Not thinking about cars, not thinking about watches. I might still this watch video. I bought this Hublot watch not long ago. <clears throat> Cost me a bit of money, but I'm thinking about I'm thinking to sell the watch. My car's got like 125. You, you buy it as an investment? Ugh. Or just for you? I bought this watch just like, just really for me. A few people, they buy watches as an investment, but I'm not really into watches. To I don't really know about watches. So mm. I'm, it's not, I'm not really interested in it. So mm. To me, it's just it's a watch to buy. My car's got like 125k miles in it. As good as it looks, it's got 125k miles in it. It's on its last legs. When that car goes, <laughs> you will not see the Audi, um, that BMW i8. Unless somehow I find I find a million dollars somewhere. <laughs> so what's the, so what's the next car gonna be? Do you think? Probably a smart car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I was watching that video that you were talking about uh, your Peugeot. Uh, what's it? The two hundred seven. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it's it, it's a message that that has been said before, isn't it? But just like we touched earlier, it is difficult, you know. So I know in the video you were saying like, okay. People were taking a mick out of you, or they were having a go at you because you were driving a Peugeot two hundred seven. And oh, um, what? is that of recent times? Well, yeah, they were getting onto you recently, right? <laughs> I can <could> imagine. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. You can imagine the internet, isn't mm. it? So, um, just take, just take, just take me through that. I mean, so you wake up in the morning, and these are the messages that are coming down. Like, I'm like, what's going through your head? I'm like, these guys are thick. These guys are dumb. Stupid! I'm not gonna live my life to impress these guys. Mm. If I drive in my, uh, if I if if I'm out there driving the car that I really want, they're gonna go, "Ooh, it's a nice car." But then when I go broke, they're not gonna be like, "Let's make a donation to give a higher money." Mm. If you're not, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be there for me when I'm broke, I'm not gonna, f- I'm I'm not gonna spend any time trying to impress you. I need to impress me. So a lot of people like they're because they're swayed by the things that they read. They allow that to affect their actions, but because I've never been swayed by things that I've read, that's why I never care anyway. Like people on the internet don't even it's like they don't even exist to me. I turn my phone off and they don't even exist no more. Yeah, a bunch of numbers and letters and an at the at one two three. Like they like to me. This guy's not that. even a real yeah, person. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, never yeah. gonna see him up in real life. I'm probably never gonna meet these guys. So I'm not gonna go and get a BMW i8 because this person's laughing because I drive a Peugeot. Like, come on, come on. This person probably don't even have a Peugeot himself. And yeah. you're gonna laugh at me because I ain't got one. Come on, man. As soon as you you've done it, you just it's like a block thing. Just block block them out. You don't no, bother. You, you know what? Actually, actually, I actually laugh at them. I actually find it quite amusing. Like, the, like I, I, like I don't know. I was mad because someone messaged me the other day and um, on my DMs and it was like swear words. You can't this blah 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 blah. Mm. I remember seeing. It, I, I laughed. Like I actually find it. It's actually quite amusing to me, but other other people see. It. I don't know why I just find it amusing to me, but other 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 people see it and they and they and they get mad. Yeah, and they get angry and stuff. But I find it quite. I find it quite funny. So I said to them, "If you want to abuse me, my DMs they're open for you." I'll because a lot of people they're not happy with their own lives. 
Mm-hmm. So they find people and then they try to like project that that same anger and that same energy onto me. Mm. I'm like, I would rather you come to my inbox, DM me some bullshit rather than you go out there and stab someone and then end up in jail. <laughs> I would I would rather you take it out on me. Mm. Like my DMs are open. Abuse me all you want. Mm. Abuse me all you want. My DMs are open for your abuse because that's your way of now like releasing your anger. And I'm just happy that I can be used as an avenue to help you release some of your stress. You know one thing I've I, I, I swear there must be something therapeutic about boxing. Like I know it's a lot of not every boxer, but a lot of boxers, you have this calm nature. Like just just calm in general. And then I think, but then you're ferocious in, in in the ring. Like, is that training? Is that is that personal or what? like how is that? How can you be like so composed and so kind of just laid back now, but then you know you're in a fight and you're you're ripping man's head off? I feel like because I'm a naturally violent person. That's why I'm that's why I box. I'm a naturally violent person. I need to like like it's like after my fight's done, a week or two, I feel like I need to get back in the gym. I need to hit something. Mm. I need to I need to hit the bag, hit the pads, spar mm. someone, hit someone. So, but I'm doing that twice a day, every day, pounding, doing sprints. My heart rate is constantly going up. A time like this is my time just to rest. I'm just having a break. That's why I'm so calm because my body feels a bit tired. Mm. But in a few hours, I've got to go again. And it's like it's like a person that likes the club. Imagine if they live in that club all day, 24-7, 24-7. Mm. Once they get out of the club, they're just gonna be like chilled out. Mm. Like, oh man, I need a, I need a break from that. Even True. though you love yeah. the club, you can't yeah. you can't be in that in that state all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I always wondered that. I always just thought, uh, maybe it's a it's some psychological thing. You like the coach before you have the game. Coach just says some trigger word. What racism? Huh? <laughs> I'm gonna knock him out. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, one one thing I always, I think I rate with boxers, especially in the entertainment world, because I feel like certain industries have certain um, stigmas, and I always feel with boxers, boxers always have a business acumen. It's always like, yeah, you're you're your own. Like on a music scale, I kind of see it like it's like you're, you're you're an independent label. You do everything on yourself. You you grind and go and get your tickets. You get the venues. You hustle and get the people. Is that like because of the level or the certain weight that you do, or that's just a boxing thing in general? I think it's a boxer's thing. Boxing, okay. you're in this game on your own. Every mm. boxer's in this game on their own, and they know that when you get knocked out, you're on your own. You got to fight, you're on your own. You're with your coach and everyone in the gym and your families sitting down ringside but you're on your own and you take that all throughout life like you're like you're able to do things on your own like my brothers are really there for me and they come out like even in my last fight I fought behind closed doors and these guys drove about like 200 miles just to go out and book a hotel room so that they can be near me mm. and like they wanted to do that I was like that's fine but then in my mind in like, in like it's just like inside of me I'm just thinking like why are they coming for? Like, if you're there or, or if you're not there, I still have to go there on my own. You can't come in the venue as much as you want to, like, like be there for me, supporting me. I'm in there on my own and I feel alone. No matter how much people are going to come and book a hotel just to mm. be near me, I feel like I'm on my own in the ring because I am on my own. And I feel like that does, that, I feel like that does something to you. That does, that, that does something to you that, um, scars yeah. in this. This is the Give Me Five Minutes podcast with Eli and myself, Scars. Yeah, I guess I guess that's like a metaphor in life. I mean, like, are you like, you know, 
born alone, die, like born alone, die alone, isn't it? You know, like really and truly, you are the only person that can really mo- motivate yourself, really get yourself up. You know, like you're doing it for yourself. You know, at your real core. I wanted to ask you, Ohara, like, would you advise anyone getting into the boxing game? Probably not. Really, as a mm. boxer. Probably not. Wow, why? Mm. There's many other fields out there. Boxing, nothing's guaranteed. Like boxing is like it's all like commission based. You go to work, you know. This time I'm gonna be getting paid 36k for the year. I'm getting 3k a month for 12 months, 36 grand a year. Yeah, sometimes I might I might be a little bit late, but it's fine. The boss won't mind. In boxing, you don't train properly, you get your ass knocked out. Mm. You might not fight again for another eight or nine months. Or you might get injured and you might not fight ever again. You might be in the gym trying to get ready for a certain fight and then you get injured in the gym. The fight's off. You can't train. All that money spent during that camp is now gone. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Like in boxing, politics and things are up and down and then this person on the contract tries to rob you and this contract and that contract. And then why would you want to get involved in this game for when it's so up and down? It's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so up and down. It's too up and down. And the people that make it are just lucky ones. Like, and, and even the fact is, a person can get ready to fight in boxing. You can't cut any corners. You can work hard. You can run every hill out there. You can not cheat in the gym. You can diet right. You can do everything right for that fight. And you can still go out there and get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Come on. There's no guarantees. Imagine, Im- imagine if you knew, if I work hard, I'm going to guarantee that win. Then yeah, it'll be like sweet. But you can do everything you can everything and still get knocked out i'm like why would you want to get involved in this game lose all your brain cells get abused i thought i've been getting beer thrown at me i get abused every day over social media like come on like i know people living i know people that work average jobs and they get paid more than what i get but they're not taking the abuse that i take they're not getting hit like i get hit yeah let's sweat in tears come on <laughs> like this like it's a lot better feels out there why would, why would i become a boxing manager manage these guys and take a 10 to 15% of their fight purse just like and like, it's like to sit down and write a few contracts and sign a few stuff mm. that's a better job in my eyes or you learn stocks and shares some guy invested 10 pound into bitcoin 20 years ago and now he's worth over 400k because he was smart and he put 10 pound into bitcoin whereas a fighter will work all these years and he might not see that though in his whole boxing career yeah like, there's a lot of smarter things out there Boxing is just something that I got into because I was a very angry child and there weren't no opportunities, so. Hmm. That's that there, that's that there. I guess, like, that's a good, like, um, like roundup and everything that, that, that you were saying. I think, ultimately, it's not really what you earn, it's what you do with the money that you are earning. As long as you're smart with it, then, of course, it's almost like, am I right in saying that you're basically preparing for retirement now? Hundred percent, and that retirement's not when you're fifty years old. It's when when you're about thirty two to thirty three years old, so you better start getting ready for it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel that's the I feel that's the message and stuff like that. I mean, property empire, stocks and shares. You know, you know what, you know what it is as well is that like this is nothing new. Like this is what's been going on for 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 decades, hundreds of years. You know, it's it's nothing like you haven't reinvented the wheel here. In what in what in what you want to put your money in now, you know exactly. the houses and so on and so forth. It's it's no it's it's like the standard stocks and shares and everything like that. And I guess it sounds very simple, isn't it? I mean, like I guess it is simple. You get money, you save it, you put it into that. But it really isn't on the well, or 
or is it? You just yeah. To me, it's the easiest thing in the world. Like I used to, I used to think it was hard. What's hard about buying a flat? You save a bit of money, it's like you get the cash. Once you got the cash, you get a mortgage broker, solicitor, and they do it for you. Like I remember, I thinking, I didn't even got to approach the bank. That's what the mortgage broker does. Sweet. But I, need, I haven't got to, I haven't got to go and conduct all the searches and look through all the paperwork. I get a solicitor to go and do that for me. All I have to do is just pay them. Sweet. I pay all these people and then they do it all for me. All you need is the cash. Once you've got the cash, you get people doing it for you. Buying a flat is the easiest thing in the world. But because it's not, because because because, I, because in school, I didn't learn about this. I always thought being a house owner, uh, that's for those rich people up in London, up in Kenton. But now I know I can be one too. Yeah. And I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Like people didn't learn about tax, didn't learn about VAT in school. So as I, I've learned about these things slowly, first I learned tax. I paid tax for the first time and I was like, how old was I? Probably 24, 24, 25, I'm 29 now. Mm. So about four, about four years ago, I paid tax for the first time. Mm. And my coach, like my, like my coach, like my coach back then, Tony Sims, I remember him coming up to me telling me, oh, gee, like, you know, you have to pay tax after this fight. I was like, what's, I was like, what's tax? He goes, you have to pay money to the government. I said, why? Like, this is money that I've worked for. What are they doing with that money? And I, and, and I honestly didn't know. He said, that's what pays for the ambulance service and the police and the fire brigade. And I never thought about how they operate, who pays them. Mm. And that's when I learned it's my tax that pays them. And then I learned, and then I, and then I had to pay VAT. I was like, oh, what's that? So I pay tax on top of tax. So I learned about tax. I learned about VAT. I learned about all these stuff so that I can learn how to pay less tax. Mm. I can, so I can learn how I can earn from these different systems. If I'm paying them, then I, think, then I need to learn how I can benefit from that. It's all about how I can use everyone, and I'm trying. I'm trying to use. I'm trying to use everyone to get what I want, and I want financial freedom. And the government and everyone that thinks that they're going to use me the same way they use me, I'm gonna use them. <laughs> I guess it's just being able, like, you know, when you were saying about saving the money, I guess you just have to deprive yourself of quote unquote, these luxuries for a period of time. And then you get the capital to actually go out there and do it so that you are using these people. Instead of them using you, you're using them, but it's that period of a year, two years, maybe five years of solid, real saving. Oh, let's go here. I'm sorry. I can't. Mm. Let's buy this. I'm sorry, but I can't. I see. As it is a luxury, you know. Sometimes, like, I think it. I think it is a luxury. What sounds better right now? I'm gonna say to you guys. What sounds better? If someone comes and says, "I've got a BMW i8 and an Audi A5," or someone that comes in and says, "I own three apartments and I rent two. What sounds better? Of course, the, of course, the apartments sound better. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, even if you're talking about like being flashy, what sounds better is I own flats. You go to anyone and you say, I own flats. They're like, okay, oh, um. like they take Respect. interest instantly. Yeah. You go to anyone and say, oh, I drive with you in W. Oh, that's a nice car. Because in their mind, people automatically don't know. Is it leased? Is it a finance? Is it your car? Mm. People people judge you anyway. So you might as well say, I've got a property. That's like, that's like, that's actually flashy. Mm. That's that. Like, this is, this should be the new trend. This should be the new flashy. You know what? I did, I did want to throw this in there for something you said, because, and I even want to ask you as well, because the other side is credit. Yeah. Like your credit, making sure your credit is good. Like I, I I work in the financial services and whatever. So, you know, what you're saying about the interest rates, everything else, I was just smiling. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you Horara's on his yeah. A game, for sure, for sure. But we also have to mention 
because sometimes some some kids have made really bad mistakes. You know, they've met the wrong person who's really credit's a mess. Yeah, they they, they actually even if they have, they have the cash now, they they have to get somebody else to aid and relieviate. Re- you know, okay, you've got the cash. Well, this person has the income or the salary or whatever. Because sometimes it's not just as straightforward as having thirty thousand pounds. Like where I work, you'll get Uber drivers, similar to what you're saying. They earn good money. They might make 50 a year, 60 a year, but they've got 30K as a deposit, but they can't get it because they haven't been self-employed long enough Mm. or their credit report because of, you know, they haven't been in the country long enough. Mm. Their, you know, their address, they're always changing their address. Like there's, there's there's a couple of different things. So I would say as well, making sure young people try you need to not make bad decisions. And in a way as well, would that would you say that all the decisions you were making were still kind of enough to enable you to, you know, now you got the money and you went to your mortgage broker and they could do it rather than, and I'm sure you might have a friend or somebody who their credit is terrible and they have to, you know, do, buy things and other means or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if your credit's high, you have to make sure that you don't get in debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, not get in debt. I mean, you have to make sure that you don't get like any like, CCJs, you got to learn about a CCJ, mm. about a default. I tried to get a mortgage um, offer um, a few months ago and then I got declined. And I was like, why did they get declined? Me and the mortgage broker, I was a bit confused. And then I realised I had a default on my mortgage. Even though my mor- my um, my credit rating is over 970, mm. my credit rating is high, but I've got a default. So even if it's high, you can still do things that can stop you getting that loan. Mm. But I looked and I was like, angry on water. I didn't pay the water bill. The water bill was only £100. And the water bill, I forgot to pay the bill. And it goes and on then there. Because of £100, <laughs> because of £100, <sighs> the bank, mortgage. because of, yeah, because of literally £100, the bank said, we can't give you a loan because, because you didn't pay £100. The bank can see, listen, I've got more than £100 in the bank. You can see I've got £1,000 mm. in there. I can pay that back they many times. Care. They don't care. They don't care. As long as you've got a default on your thing. So then that's another thing that I've learned only a few weeks ago. Make sure that all the water bills that I've got a direct debit coming out of my bank, I'm not going to wait and then to phone them up no more because I don't look at all my letters sometimes and stuff. Mm. So I have to make sure. So you got to so you got to do all of these things too. If you get a car fine, either appeal it or you pay it. Don't mm. just leave it lying about. Mm. You'll get a season. Thank rate. you. I know mm. someone. I know someone. This guy's got well over seven eight hundred k in his bank account right now. This guy's mm. got almost a million pound uh, mm. in his in his bank account right now. Yeah he can't get a loan from a decent bank. Why? Because someone's, cause something happened where they got a car fine four and a half years ago, mm. four and a half years ago, <laughs> and he can't pay it. And he's got over 800K in the bank right now. And then Halifax said no. Santander said no. Why he, couldn't he pay it? Huh? Why could he not pay no, it? Because um, it went to a different house or something like that. I think he got sent mm. to a different house address. His car got registered to a different address and blah, blah, blah. They sent it there. But he's still got a CCJ and it's not, and that takes six years before it goes. Yeah, yeah. So even yeah. though he's got 800K in his bank and he's gonna get a house that costs less than that, mm. the bank still ain't gonna give him that loan. Why? Because he's got a CCJ. So sometimes you just gotta learn about these stuff. You have to learn about these things now. Mm. You gotta learn about all of these things and it's not hard to learn these things. Like I've learned all these things and I'm, and I, I'm still learning. I'm not a monk that sits all day learning these things. If you learn one thing a month, you learn one, one month you learn about CCJs, another month you learn about. Stop watching Cardi B and what those people named? What are they, they named? Nicki Minaj. Cardi B and Nicki. Now we have to give that one an applause, man. Because trust me, like, I'm not listening I, to real investors. No beef for Cardi B, but come on. 
Unless I'd rather watch Cardi B on an investment video. Well, obviously, we know what, what the world is picking, innit? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. No, well, um, just want to just say, uh, you know, a big thanks, uh, O'Hara, for coming down, you know, for spending some time with us, man. Definitely um, love to hear from you again. You know, like, you know, we'll be up to date. We'll be keeping track. Hopefully your next fight as well. Clean knockout first round, you know, so you don't get too tired or anything like that. You know, put your energy in more investments, man, and stuff like that, man, for sure. Thank when you. is the next fight? Um, I'll be getting information on my next fight next mm. week. So, oh, next week? Yeah, next week I'll be getting information on my next fight. So um, I've got to start training soon. No, man, like, we'll be there, <laughs> man. Like, boy, like, like, we'll definitely be... You know what? Wait, wait, quick, quick one. Because I just have to ask this. Because I'm just... All my fantasy... Not fantasy questions, but random questions I've always wanted to know. Is that... Do people really... Can really... Can people put things in their glove? People, they put rocks in their glove. Metal in their glove. <laughs> and it's, like, it's bad. I've seen that. It happened when... Antonio Margarito when he fought who did he fight was it Shane Mosley or was it Miguel Cotto he fought someone. oh Miguel Cotto yeah 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 and then they opened up his glove they found metal substances in his glove I'm like those gloves they're so thin anyway as it is imagine putting rocks in them it's like having a knuckle duster you see with a savage 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 game man Differently. savage game savage game savage game out there man no but definitely a big thanks okay and um, yeah, definitely like we're um, Good information, you know. I, I think everyone that has heard this episode can definitely learn f from this episode and take away a lot of good points out there. And it doesn't, and I feel like it doesn't matter where you've come from. It all depends on where where you're going, you know. And get the lesson, and you know, and really sit down and just like O'Hara said, man. I mean, like, like you're in this alone, isn't it? You know, like there's no point of trying to impress people that really don't care about you. So. So definitely do that, man. Nah, big, big thanks. So much respect, okay? Thank you, bro. Nah, man, definitely. Yeah. Good to be here. I will see you again, man. So from me, Eli, and Scars, yeah. this is the Give Me Five Minutes podcast, yeah. and we're out. Done now. <laughs>